Hey everyone, John Gonzalez here from MLive.com and Michigan's Best. Today we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan at Speciation Artisan Ales. It's been around for about five years and today we're going to catch up with the owner, Mitch Ermitinger, and find out about their beginnings, but also about a very cool series they just launched and you can get involved with this because you definitely want to try these beers. It's all coming up next on the Michigan's Best Podcast. So Mitch, uh, <laughs> how you doing, my friend? Doing very well. Oh, these masks are, are no fun, right? Oh, no, nope. Oh my gosh, we but are doing... Keeping us alive, you know. It, it is, it keeping is. Keeping everything going. Uh, we're actually, I said we're in Grand Rapids, we're actually in Comstock Park. We're just yeah. wrapping up uh, this uh, location that you've been at for, for about five years now. And, um, but we're wearing the mask because, um, you know, I think it's the right thing to do still as, as we're transitioning yeah. through everything, right? Yep, yep, definitely, yeah. Good deal. So um, we said you opened five years ago. Uh, we also mentioned that uh, you have a cool series uh, that you can that, that your fans can start ordering like right now, right? Uh, yeah. Through Tuesday the Tuesday the sixth, it would be right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Six p.m. on on Tuesday the sixth, you could order uh, real quick. This series is uh, something you've done before, right? Yeah. So the series is called the Laurentian series. Um, it's kind of inspired by like Belgian lambic breweries where they uh, collect yeast and bacteria through a process uh, called cool shipping. There's basically a big open tank and you let your unfermented beer cool down in it and it collects microbes from the air. Uh, that's the way pretty much all beer was made for like 10,000 years or something. Um, and so we're kind of like, to, it's like a modern Midwestern riff on that idea. Yeah. Um, so the Laurentian series, uh, essentially we are capturing the microflora of each Great Lake. So we go to each Great Lake and we partner up with the brewery there and um, they brew for us. Pretty much the same recipe, all Michigan ingredients. And we cool ship our beer next to each Great Lake or near each Great Lake and then put it back in oak at our production facility and let it ferment and age for years. So we've actually been working on this project since uh, January of 2017. So a lot of the beer that's being released right now is very, very old beer. Wow, well we're gonna talk more about that. I wanna know more about the breweries and the process and, and kind of get behind this because um, it, it really kind of fits into what speciation is all about. Yeah. And you're the, brain, you're the brainchild, the person behind this. Not a lot of breweries are doing this. We'll, we'll talk about the history in a second, but I, I just love that this project kind of brings it all together, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it encompasses, embodies everything you're all about. Yeah, it's really like our, it's our passion project. It's what we set out to do. It was, it was our main goal when we opened our breweries to, to release beers like this. So. Well, let's, let's talk about those beginnings because um, I know a little bit about you. In fact, I think I was here one of the days that you first moved in. Yeah. I have a photo of you kind of like holding up I don't even know what you were holding up a beer, maybe. Yeah. And just kind of go, I'm here. We're, yeah. we're in Comstock <laughs> Park, and we're not sure if we're going to have a, yeah. a tap room. We're not sure what we're doing. It's exactly. pretty crazy times. We're brewing beer somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and people can order it online. Yeah, our beginnings were definitely on, you know, there was not normal beginnings. Uh, we started without a tap room. We started without a brew house. We still don't have a brew house, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was basically, we operated on a monthly release system, which was great for a startup, um, because the startup costs were just way lower for that. And it also just kind of fit with the kind of beer we were making. It was just kind of more specialized beer and it just took a long time to develop. And so doing monthly releases just made more sense for us at that time. Well, I think back to those days as well, that's when the kind of the whole Michigan craft beer scene craft beer scene around the country was exploding. Yeah. New breweries were opening up all the time, yeah. right? 
Yeah. And uh, you said, we're doing something different. And the model today in 2021 with COVID and everything yeah. almost seems to like work better. Oh, yeah. I we, mean, you were like ahead of your time five years ago. We, I mean, we didn't know that when we were when we when we were starting but definitely having a monthly release schedule and system really benefited us during covid it's what kept the lights on it's what kept all of our employees you know getting paid and getting their hours so um yeah like our our fans didn't have to stop buying our beer the way they were already buying our beer so it really helped a lot yeah it's kind of strange how it all worked out Um, but you had this vision though because you wanted to do something you didn't want to be like everyone else no no we didn't we definitely didn't I mean, we were inspired by lots of breweries, uh, like KC Brewing and Blending out in Colorado. They started without a tap room and just doing monthly releases. And then lots of other breweries started out with uh, without brew houses. And so we were kind of inspired by, you know, some of the California breweries and Colorado breweries that were like just a couple of years, uh, you know, more advanced, I think. But uh, everybody's kind of caught up to like, whoa, you can do things that way. And it right. works everywhere, basically. Right. It doesn't have to be in California to work. So Right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know we've talked before about that. Originally, um, you know, where are you from and, and how did you get into the beer business? Yeah, so I'm from like Holland, Grand Rapids area and uh, tried to get into the beer industry 12 years ago or something like that and just couldn't get in anywhere. I interviewed at every single brewery. but Did you really? I was just way too like gung-ho. Like <laughs> every brewery, that, you know, I was 21 when I was interviewing at all these places and they're asking me questions like, what do you want to do in this industry? And I'm like, well, I want to own a brewery or I want to be a head brewer or something like right. that. And pretty much everybody just laughed at me. Like, yeah. this is 21 year old kid. What does he know about, you know? And did you have um, a lot of experience in brewing? Did you know what you were I'd doing? Been, I'd been home brewing for about a year or two okay. by the time I had um, uh, been interviewing at these places. So, but nobody would hire me basically. So uh, I did get a job at a homebrew shop, which uh, O'Connor's Homebrew, and mm-hmm. they, they really helped launch my career. Um, but then after that, I decided to move out to Denver, Colorado, because it was really booming there. Uh, got two job offers before I even moved out uh, as brewer positions, and uh, just really took off from there. I started working at a place called Black Project. Well, it was, at the time, it was called Former Future, but then they changed their name to Black Project. Uh, primarily brewing sour beer and just kind of all of these crazy other styles. Now, how did you go from getting no offers in Michigan to like sending resumes out to Colorado and getting offers right away. I think it was kind of a combination of like people automatically taking me more serious just because I was like traveling to another state for a beer job. So I think that automatically got another level of seriousness. And I also had more experience under my belt as far as like homebrewing and just real life experience. I had been working for my dad's small company. Um, And so I think I had just a lot of like business ideas going on in my head too. And I think that that was, intriguing to the employers. Is that where you started to form this idea of what you want to do with speciation when you opened it eventually? Yeah, so we formed the idea kind of gradually as I was working at Black Project. My wife and I were working on our uh, business plan the whole time and we were working on, um, you know, we, we knew we wanted to open a brewery the whole time I was working there. And so at first we were gonna do like session beers and then we were just like, it's just not financially feasible. Right. And then I really started getting into brewing sour beer. I just got started getting into the science, uh, especially the biology and microbiology behind brewing sour beer. And I was just completely obsessed with it. It's all I did all day long is talked about it. Mm-hmm. And so when I ran the numbers for an all sour brewery, everything made sense. Um, and so as soon as we, as soon as that idea clicked, probably in like early 2015, we really started 
making plans to open up an all-sour brewery in Grand Rapids. Is that when you moved back to Grand Rapids? We moved back to Grand Rapids Christmas week of 2015. Okay. Yeah. So then it, it took a, a, little, a few months to pull together. Yeah, I mean, it took probably about uh, 13 months from the time we moved back until the time we did our first release. So it seems like a while, but also like probably faster than most other breweries because we didn't have a tap room or a construction or build out or, yeah. you know, anything. Like but how did you did you have to like go to local breweries and say hey I'm Mitch and yeah <laughs> I'd like to use your you know equipment and basically luckily I had already had um, lots of friends in the Grand Rapids area that were home brewers and then became professional brewers during that time and I I was part of the high five co-op that was kind of like going on so I was doing some networking Grand Rapids before I moved out to Denver right and I kept in contact with those people and so that made it a lot easier to forge relationships when I got back. Harmony uh, was the first yeah. to really jump on board and they were like a great partner in the beginning because they were just so open to doing this weird new thing. Right. So, and dealing with kind of my weird, my weirdness. <laughs> so well, I yeah. call it brilliance, my friend. Well, thank you. But uh, it, it ended up working out great and we brewed with all, all kinds of different breweries in town. Mm -hmm. I mean, we brewed with Mitten a bunch and Vivant and Harmony and City Built is our primary brewer. So mm -hmm. yeah, we partner with everybody. Yeah, I think it's amazing because not only were you ahead of your time, even if it was by accident, <laughs> you know, by forming these relationships with local breweries and, and breweries around the country too, you have, yeah. you have relationships with too, you immediately got some street cred yeah right I think so too. and then you shared information you talked about your passion and the fact that you're kind of a nerd in these in these things mm -hmm. is that they said okay this guy's know he knows what he's doing knows what he's talking about and the beer is really good yeah so all of a sudden you became like the trend i mean the hot place for the brewing industry maybe the general public didn't know yeah, about you, right yep but the beer nerds and the the, the guys that are really geeky about bringing, buying these, these bottle releases, right? Yep. They're coming to your place from all over. Where were they coming from? I mean, all over the place. We we have a club, like a bottle club, and we have members all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say about half of them are located in Michigan, and then the rest of them are kind of all over the country. Um, and then some in England and all over the place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we... It's just like the super nerdy, like yeah. the people who are really, really into sour beer follow our releases. Yeah, and you have to remember though too, and I know you do know this, is that uh, that was super nerdy maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. But it's now become more mainstream. I oh, mean, yeah. the general public is starting to, you know, like they're, they're tired of, of kind of the big double IPAs yeah. and the Imperials and the Russian Stouts and all these things that are out there that are high ABVs. Yeah. And then they kind of went, that tampered down into session beers, right? And then the seltzer craze kind of took over. You're not doing a seltzer beer, are you? Yeah, we have seltzer. <laughs> yeah, we have all kinds of seltzer. We'll talk about that in a yeah. second. But, you know, so there's all these trends, but but kind of along the way, the sour wild ale just keeps creeping yeah. up and creeping up. And yeah. I think that's because the people's palates are changing, right? Yeah, I think palates are changing, and I think just people, it's also maybe slightly generational, like, um, you know, people who are like 30 years old or something grew up eating sour candy is a norm, totally normal thing. Right. Uh, and just sour stuff in general. So it's not like a foreign flavor profile. Yeah. And I also think there's a lot of, you know, things that are attractive about sour beer. It's generally dry. It's generally lower calories, lower carb, uh, and just super refreshing. And so all those things combined make it a shockingly accessible thing. Yeah. It's just taken a little bit for like general public awareness to catch up. 
Oh. Well, it has, definitely. Oh, it definitely has. I know that when I was in college and I was in drinking imports, yeah. pre-craft beer, right? Yeah. And starting to get into craft beer, like with Anchor and sort of the kind of those early breweries yeah. that people knew about, um, I had never really had, I had never had a sour beer. It was 2016 and I was uh, doing the search for Michigan's best, um, I'm sorry, 2013, yeah. doing the search for Michigan's best brewery with uh, Amy Sherman. So Amy and I teamed up before she officially joined MLive Michigan's Best, mm-hmm. and uh, we were at Jolly Pumpkin, and uh, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna try some sours now," you know? <laughs> like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And I, the the first time you try one, you kind of go, "Whoa, whoa what is this?" Yeah. Right? So like, especially if you have no no reference, <laughs> no no reference for other it. than the, the Sour Patch Kids, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you have no reference for it, yeah. but but. Right at that firm beginning, I don't know if I was a fan right away. Yeah. But the more I started drinking more Jolly Pumpkin beers. Yeah. And slowly going, oh, other people are experimenting. Other breweries are trying this. Yeah. They're kind of putting their toes into the water. Yeah. And they're getting these barrels. And, and then I met Ben Darcy over, you know, Ben. Yep. When he was over at uh, Brewery Bont. Yeah. And really getting turned on about these sour beers. Yeah. And, and I think that's where the beer nerds were kind of into it. And then it just, since then, right? I mean, it just skyrocketed 16 yeah. to, to now. It's crazy. It's crazy how, I mean, we find, we're on, our, our new tap room is on Wealthy Street. And obviously it's a younger clientele in general, younger customer base. And we found that we have to do almost no explanation about what we do, um, which is kind of shocking considering yeah. like five years ago, we would have had to explain ev- like everything to, process, to, right. to a 20 two or 23 year old right but now they just know they yeah. just know what fruited sour beer is you know yeah which is kind of wild it is it is wild i love the fact i mean when i was here when you first opened up maybe a couple years after you opened and i came in uh, to the tap room here at the comstock park um uh location the original location i remember there was someone from california here that day you know uh-huh. and, and i that's what it, it hit me like <laughs> i just got something going on here yeah that that I don't know if he realizes this, right? Yeah. He's got credibility. People I don't think it. I did realize. <laughs> they're trying this beer. They're coming from California as a destination. Yeah. And they're buying the beer online. Yeah. This is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, why, why go to Wealthy? Because, I mean, I know you're my neighbor here in Comstock Park, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, but you're moving to Wealthy. You've been there for how long now? Uh, we opened in uh, late July 2020. So just last year, during the pandemic. Yep. Yep. That well, was interesting. <laughs> what was the most challenging part of that? Uh, the most challenging part was just like lining up construction um, throughout like, you know, kind of waves of shutdowns and that kind of thing. Um, it was just really hard to find reliable work at that time, uh, like contractors, just because you'd try to line something up, but then the rules would change, rightfully so, but the rules would change and so everything would scramble around. Um, so that was the hardest part. We were probably slated to open in like March. And then instead we opened in late July. So right. it wasn't like we were super delayed, but right. it was still a few months there where it's just like at the beginning of COVID, everybody's just like, we don't know what's going on. Right. So, yeah, but it ended up, uh, we ended up opening late July and it worked out pretty well. What, uh, what are your hours like and what kind of space do you have compared to, to your facility, your production facility here in Comstock Park? Yeah, so our production facility is 5,000 square feet uh, and the new tap room is 3,000 um, and that includes 2,000 of tap room and 1,000 of production. Um, but the tap room itself is pretty different from our old tap room in Comstock Park. Um, the new tap room is just this super spacious, big open space with a vaulted wood ceiling. Um, it's a 100-year-old, well, 101-year-old auto shop. Uh, so they used to do, they used to recondition brakes yeah. uh, for like 90 years or something like that. Um, so somebody refurbished it about uh, 12 years ago, and then here we are. So, 
Yeah, it's a pretty standard uh, hours right now. We're only closed on Tuesdays. The rest of the days are like, you know, four to ten, okay. basically. But, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, and then, uh, so the Comstock Park facilities are shutting down over the next few weeks, right? Yes. You'll so, be over there full time. Yeah, so the Comstock Park uh, facility is closing in May, and that's not a bad thing. I know it seems like... People For me, are, it is. <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, the brewery's closing, but it's right. nothing like that. We Our lease is up, and we have a really horrible relationship with our landlord, and so we just decided, you know... As much as COVID has been horrendous, yeah. uh, it was kind of an opportunity for us to shift gears and yeah. focus more on Grand Rapids as opposed to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely get that. All right, hey, so let's um, let's talk about this this series because we sure. we're talking about the Laurentian series yeah. here at um, Speciation Artisan Ales in Grand Rapids, and uh, you said the series you've done before, right? Yeah, so we've been working on the series uh, since. Uh, early 2017, we've been brewing batches with all kinds of different breweries around the state, and one in New York, actually. Um, but we just kind of brew batches and spontaneously ferment them, and then we uh, blend them years down the road. Um, the average time in barrel is probably about two years for all these beers, if not more. Right. You said it's inspired by the Lambic breweries, right? Yeah. Yep. What do you... What do you, can you Educate people a little bit about that process. Yeah, so it's kind of the oldest uh, method of beer making. Um, it kind of dates back to when beer was discovered, where basically just some grain was sitting in a vessel and it started to ferment and right. spontaneously, air quotes. Yeah. People <laughs> didn't know what yeast and bacteria was at that time. Right. So um, it kind of dates back to that time. Uh, beer was fermented spontaneously. Everything alcoholic was fermented spontaneously with just the yeast on the, you know, in the air. Whatever. Right. So the best batches were kept and used the gunk at the bottom to brew your next batch. So it kind of dates back to that. But uh, in Belgium, they had a long tradition of uh, lambic beer and goose, where they spontaneously ferment beer and then blend it together. So you don't really have consistency through your fermentation, but you can create consistency through your blending process. Oh, okay. And so that's kind of the approach that we take. And we really had this dream of... Uh, brewing a beer at each lake and then blending each lake beer together. And so we're releasing one beer called Cuvée des la Des la Grand Locks. I can't even pronounce it myself. Cuvée des Grand Locks. <laughs> yes, that's Chinook it. Chinook and Cascade. Yes, yeah, so it's a it's a blend one barrel of each each lake. Um, what lake are we talking about? Which lake so we... yeah, we did we've done each Great Lake. Okay. Uh, so all five lakes. Okay. So there's, it's a five barrel blend, and then we dry hopped it with uh, Chinook and Cascade. Awesome. And you have a Michigan Honey Cuvee. Yes. Yep. A Michigan Honey Cuvee. So that's uh, that was cool shipped uh, near Lake Michigan. Uh, so that's a blend of two different years, 2018 and 2019. Uh, 2018 was brewed at Big Lake Brewing in Holland. 2019 was brewed at Stormcloud. Oh, okay. And then we blended them together and added honey from uh, my friend's uh, beehives up in Old Mission Peninsula in Traverse City. Gotcha. And where was the, the Cuvée de Grand Lac? Where, you, know, you know what the breweries you worked with there? Uh, five different breweries. So we worked really? with Swiftwater and um, in New York, okay. Rochester, New York. And then we worked with uh, Austin Brothers and Alpina. And Holmes in Ann Arbor, and um, I think that batch was Barrel and Bean for Lake Superior, mm -hmm. and then the Michigan one I believe was Big Lake. Big Lake, yeah. Wow. I love. I just love that you're including involving all these different breweries, right? Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's really like 
I feel like it embodies the spirit of Michigan beer. Um, we're all very collaborative. It's not like that in the rest of the country right. necessarily. It's pretty cutthroat in other parts of the country. Um, but in Michigan, we've always had a real strong camaraderie. And I think that that just kind of, this project embodies that idea. So there's, we talked about two of them already. The, the third one is uh, the Laurentian series is the Michigan Cuvée. Yep. And, and so, so that's basically the same thing as uh, Michigan honey, but just without honey. So it's just a more like, you can actually taste the base beer, you know, without, without the honey alteration. And these are selling for, it looks like about between $22 and $26, yep. depending on which one. For a 750 milliliter 750 bottle. 750 milliliter bottle, uh, coming in at about uh, anywhere from 7% to 9% ABV. Yep. Uh, of course, the honey has 9%, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yep. Um, but the way you're doing it, so you, you pre-order this online, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you're also, and then you have pickups at the Wealthy location yep. uh, in, uh, in the weekend, Friday the, the 9th through Sunday the 11th, mm -hmm. the times you can come pick them up. But you also have a delivery option, too. Can you explain that? Yeah, so we deliver in pretty much all of West Michigan. Anywhere in West Michigan we'll deliver. And then uh, Lansing, East Lansing, Ann Arbor, Detroit or anywhere close to any of those places. Uh, and so the West Michigan delivery is five bucks and we do it on the Thursday before the release. Um, and then the East side delivery is eight bucks. And you can just select that delivery option when you're checking out. Right. And then uh, we just deliver it to your house. Right to your house. Right to your house. So I don't have to drive anywhere. So if I live in Lansing, I can just order online and bring it right to my home. Yep, it's pretty nice. We love it. It's one of the things that we will be keeping around in the post-COVID world. Um, yeah. we, it just makes sense for us to do that for so many reasons. Um, I don't know, it's convenient for everybody. Mitch, what, how many beers have you released since you first oh, opened? Do you have any idea yet? I think I checked our Untapped uh, a couple months ago and it was around 280 different beers at that point. So I'm guessing we're well over 300 unique beers at this point. Do you, do you have a, each one of them somewhere stored away? Uh, we were keeping a, at least a bottle of everything. And then at a certain point, we were just like, we don't have room for this. <laughs> and so we started just randomly dropping uh, vintage bottles in yeah. the tap room. So we just randomly put some, some really old 2017 bottles out in the tap room occasionally. So uh, I really like the idea of keeping everything. But right. now we just keep our absolute favorite batches. We keep right. a couple cases of. Well, I have a feeling that people that are in, into this style of beer are still listening right now. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they want to know, they want to learn. What, what, what would you tell people about that have never experienced, you know, a, a, you know, a sour beer or kind of the wild beers that you're doing here? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of tough because um, I think most, most people from the outside, they hear the term sour beer and they're just like, that sounds disgusting. Right. Why would you drink that? So I don't, I don't really love that term, but it's also the term that the industry has adopted. Right. And so... What do you use then? Um, what do you say? I mean, I say sour beer just because there isn't... Right. Everybody knows what I'm talking about right. when I say that. But, um, I mean, wild ales are yeah. slightly better, but even then it's kind of confusing because... What, what it's all over captured? the place. Yeah. yeah. So really what I would say is, like, don't be afraid of the term sour beer. All kinds of delicious food and beverages are acidic, including wine, cider, uh, you know... All kinds of things. Seltzers. Seltzer. <laughs> uh, beer is technically an acidic. Any beer is technically an acidic beverage. So if you're drinking like lemonade or something like that, yeah. that's way more acidic than most of our beer. That is true. So don't be, don't be terrified of it. And just uh, also, not all sour beers created equally. So if you have one sour beer at a, at a brewery and you're like, that's disgusting. Why right. would anybody drink sour beer? 
it's it's such a broad umbrella. It's like tasting a bad IPA from somewhere and being like, I don't like all any IPAs. Right. So my advice would be just to like try it and then try it again if you didn't like it. Well, those that are still listening, uh, Gonzo at MLive.com. I'm sure there's a question you were dying to ask. You're like, oh, why didn't Gonzo ask this question or that question? Um, but what would, what would you say to, to some of those, those beer nerds, the people that have been with you for five years and that are following you and that order everything? What do you say to them? I mean, they, they're the best. They're, they're what have enabled me to realize my dream, really. This has been years and years, really like a dec- over a decade in the making of, of what is happening now. And so it's, it's really a privilege for me to be able to see all the work that we've put into this pay off. Yeah. Um, just by people's excitement. Like, I get messages almost every day, like, I'm so excited about this beer. Yeah. Like, that makes all the crazy amount of hard work worth it. Yeah. Speciation, Artisan Ales, Grand Rapids, Michigan, folks. Uh, the Laurentian Series, uh, you need to order it today while you're listening to this. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're listening to us in time. If not, you're still going to have releases all the time, right? Yep, and we'll have, we'll have leftovers on the shelf in the tap room in a couple of weeks, too. So there will still be more options. Yep. Awesome. Where can people get more information, Mitch, about what you guys are doing at Speciation? Our website is the best way to find out more information, which is just speciationales.com. Uh, also, our Instagram is a really good way to find out more information, too, which is also just speciationales. All right, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you.